Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Saving Lives in Slow Motion. Today I'd like to talk about managing change. Now, it's one of those topics that seems quite nebulous, but change is an essential part of life, and it's something that that does need managing. I think we often sleepwalk into uh, the future and don't think enough about changes, how we're going to manage them, how they affect us. Some people love change, other people find it very difficult. And I first came across the concept of change management um, as in how you manage change, during my GP training many years ago. Truth be told, I didn't really get why we were being taught it. I was thinking, well, what's this got to do with, you know, seeing patients in clinic? But as independent kind of organisations that don't have that support network and infrastructure that hospitals do, if you are implementing something new, like we are in fact in our practice, you need to make sure that everyone's on board and manage that change successfully. So I want to drill down a little bit more to the level of the individual because in healthcare and in terms of managing your own health, you've got to be able to manage changes to your lifestyle. And the principles are very similar. Now, many of you will know that I I don't particularly like management jargon. Um, I just can't bear it. So although I might refer and link in the show notes to certain tools and things that involve those, I really want to get under the belly of how to manage change easily and successfully, whatever your goals are or wherever you want to go. So the first thing I want to do is try and define change. Sounds deceptively simple, but you know, words that spring to my mind um, are something that's different, something that requires an adjustment, often something that's new. And maybe also the words process, um, maybe the word modify springs to my mind. You know, so those are the words I would use to kind of try and define what change constitutes. Now, the first thing is, actually, when I sit back and look at those words that I've just said, they're scary. Um, You know, they, they intimidate me a little bit. And 
certainly for me on a personal level, in order for change to be painless, it has to be something that's exciting and it has to be something that is going to improve things either for yourself or other people. So when it comes to your health, it's definitely got to, you know, make your life better in some way, shape or form. But also, you know, life isn't predictable. Things happen and we have to adjust to them. And indeed, there is, you know, a a medical term called adjustment reaction where people have a very stressful life event and then it derails them for a while. And so however much we want to make change painless, it isn't always the case by any means. So, you know, on a really human level, I've seen everyday examples of where change can be quite tricky. So a really good one is I was at a supermarket recently and an elderly gentleman in front of me didn't have enough cash to pay for his shopping and asked whether they took checks. And of course, most places don't take checks anymore. And I felt, you know, really sorry for him thinking, you know, although we've we've moved in terms of just paying for things, we've moved over to paying for things with our phone, haven't we? Let alone cards, but, you know, our phones have wallets now. And it all just seems to happen around us. But yet, you know, these are big changes in the way that we, we live. I mean, you know, hardly anyone uses cash to pay for things now. Uh, so, you know, that, that also got me thinking about other things, like, for example, how MOT certificates are now online. You know, so there's a record. There's no sort of certificate, as it as it were. There's no actual piece of paper. And And... When I thought about that one, I thought, well, obviously the, the motor industry had to manage this change and all the garages that are MOT centres would have been notified that from X date, this is the way that we're going to do it. And then that change gets filtered out to the general public and, you know, bit by bit things sort of spread, don't they? A bit like stamps, the Royal Mail are phasing out traditional stamps and the new ones have, you know, a barcode that looks like a a QR code and other things we just have to get used to so after the death of the Queen for example um, a lot of barristers that I follow on Twitter have changed their profiles from QC to KC because obviously they're King's Council now and not Queen's Council so how change occurs societally and around us is often quite well, A, out of our control, and B, driven by the need for safety or technology or the environment. So the MOT one, there's so many wins on that because you can't fake a, a certificate that's stored online. You certainly save, you're saving trees, aren't you, because you're not printing it on paper. And it's just one less thing to worry about for all parties. So so that's a, a brilliant one, I think. The elderly man with the, the cheque, you know, that's a tough one because if he lives on his own and he, you know, is from a generation that just is used to spending cash um, or writing cheques, then he may not want to change. You know, he may not have a smartphone. He may not have a debit card. So, um, you know, it's it's a hard one because if the world moves on and, and doesn't support your way of doing things, then you've got no choice but to change at some point. And, you know, I see a lot of dissatisfaction in society with things that have changed. I mean, if you take general practice, which is, you know, my world, um, the way that people access us has changed. And it is it's it is harder in some ways for lots of reasons. There are less GPs 
and there's more demand so that equation is quite a simple one so it's harder to actually get access to us as a profession and everything is triage now so back in the old days you know where you could just ring up and say I'd like an appointment with Dr X or Dr Y and you weren't asked any questions and you just had to wait a few days or sometimes a bit longer um, those days are gone because you have to give a reason as to why you need an appointment and it, although in, in terms of efficiencies it's much better and you, you're not sort of missing things that are potentially dangerous because everything is looked at by a clinical person it's frustrating because if you're used to just ringing up and getting an appointment when you want now you've got this extra barrier so you know although the change is a positive one for safety it's not always perceived as a positive one so I want to come back to health I mean let, let's start broad and think about organizations because depending on what lens we use the principles of change are actually the same at the level of the individual and if you're going to help yourself and improve your health then you go through similar processes and I've looked at so many change management models and you'll see some of these in the show notes but again in the interest of avoiding jargon and also looking at it through the lens of feelings which is what I think is often the overriding thing um, my favourite one is by William Bridges and it's from the late 1970s so we're talking you know coming up to nearly 50 years ago but what I love is he doesn't overcomplicate it he talks about change and this is really thinking about organisations in three stages the first one's called endings the second is the neutral zone and the third is new beginnings and I love this because in within endings he describes loss anger denial confusion frustration so think think about the chap who was um trying to pay with the check and then the neutral zone is where you're you're kind of coming to terms with the fact that change is coming or is 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 imminent and that you know he describes as excitement anxiety resistance creativity innovation you know those things are all bounding around in the mix and then for new beginnings he uses the words relief confusion uncertainty exploration and commitment his book's called transitions making sense of life's changes it's a great title and all of the the things i've just described are the kind of emotions that people might feel depending on which stage of change you're at and what i love about it is that you know he he actually sort of offers a guide in terms of guiding people through these stages so stage one you've got to listen and be really really open and this applies to yourself you know if you are thinking of changing a behavior and again you'll find this in my book the health fix there's a whole section on why people change their behaviors and something called the ideal framework um before making those changes you will have a lot of these emotions and you've got to kind of listen to yourself you know almost thinking you know about worries about oh will i will i be able to survive without cigarettes or chocolate or whatever it is or will i be able to do this um will i be able to take up exercise whatever it is your challenge might be and then for stage two when things can seem a bit uncertain that neutral zone you basically go for quick wins and 
boost morale. Um, and again, this is at an organisational level, but you can apply it to yourself as well. I'm sure this all sounds familiar. And stage three is to do with, you know, actually committing to the change. But for that, you need a culture of openness in terms of learning new things. And he describes, you know, high energy, um, being enthusiastic about it. And, and as I say, we're going through some big changes at work, introducing a new system, a new way of doing things, and we're having to go through this process. I think the thing to remember is that this particular model is based on feelings, and that's why I like it, um, because it, it sort of is, is very much about being mindful about how you're feeling through the process. People who like more process, which, which I'm a reluctant kind of um, giver in, if you like, to process, because I know it's incredibly important um, in terms of life and getting stuff done, but I just, it doesn't come naturally to me. Then there are, you know, stepwise models that will guide you through different phases of change, which you can see in the show notes. And really, you know, if you think about change happening to someone, um, what Bridges talks about, which is transition, is is something that's very much more internal. It's what's going on in your mind um, and those three kind of distinct stages, you know, ending the neutral zone and the new beginning. Quite brilliant. So going back to your own health, one of the things that I encourage in my book is to make notes at the end about what you've noticed in the first few weeks of making your changes. And it's it's not really just designed for what you know you've done or, or when or how, but also your feelings, how you're feeling. And if you use the frameworks that I've written about in the health fix to facilitate changes in your life but you might be nervous about starting just write down how you're feeling use bridges process you know admit that you're feeling nervous about it because just by getting it out there just makes the process a lot more easy in a way and you can deal with those anxieties so i'm going to end with a story about someone who i'm going to call linda so Linda had uh, lots of gut issues and one of the things that popped out of her health loop, which is the kind of cornerstone of my book, The Health Fix, was that her diet was just really, really limited. There, there were absolutely no fruits or vegetables in her diet. And unsurprisingly, um, she was really bloated, constipated, had, had all sorts of symptoms. Anyway, um, we sort of tried the ideal framework and one of the things that she couldn't really come to terms with was she just didn't like the taste of fruit and veg. This is relatively common, actually. Some people just don't like the taste of those things and it, it, it's taken me years to realise that's just the way, you know, we're all different, aren't we? Um, how can someone, you know, not like the taste of an apple or a banana? But you know horses for courses but but after a lot of discussion I realized that one of Linda's favorite things in the world was an ice lolly so she's really I don't want to use the word addicted particularly but she'd have one every single night um whilst you know watching telly 
And eventually, what she, or rather we, discussed was, you know, whether she'd have to stop eating ice lollies at night. Now, internally, in my head, I thought, you know what, it's probably not doing her that much harm. It's mainly water and a few, I don't know, sweeteners or whatever. And she loves it. But I said, look, I, I don't have a problem with it particularly, but you just need to add in, you know, this concept again in the book of, you know, taking something away and adding something in. I said, look, I, we don't have to take that away, but I'd rather you sort of, you know, reduced the amount of, you know, the processed food in your diet, which she, she absolutely loved, you know, all the goodies that we all have now and again, but she was just eating them every day. Um, as long as you can eat, you know, a couple of pieces of fruit a day. And what she did when I when I saw her next, which was many weeks later, was she'd sort of created a rule in her head that she was only going to allow herself the ice lolly if she managed to have two bits of fruit a day. So she kind of managed change by, I wouldn't say she was forcing herself to eat the fruit, but certainly the first few days she found very hard, but after a while it stuck because she created a rule to manage that change. It was a really good example of leveraging yourself in a way, um, which I really liked. Um, so she now sort of has the ice lolly with 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 no guilt, I guess. And and I, I really liked that. I guess the final point I, I want to just touch on, which isn't really completely on topic with this, is that people are so different to each other these days. You know, we are much more neurodiverse and I myself have problems with focusing on things for any length of time. Unless I'm really interested in something, it's pretty difficult to get me engaged. And so in the same way that you manage change, when I know something's very, you know, what I would call dull but important, I make sure that I can manage it my own way. And I think that's really important. Just like Linda found her own way of managing this change in her diet, once you sort of know yourself and your own foibles, it's much easier to do that. Okay, so that was Managing Change. I hope that was interesting and helpful. Do have a look at the show notes, which I think are always of interest. Keep the podcast suggestions coming in. They're really brilliant. I've had some excellent ones in the last week or so. And thank you again for listening. Thank you for buying my book. Those of you that have sent me so many lovely messages, it's it's really, really heartwarming and overwhelming. I'm delighted. And until we meet again in a week's time, do stay well and take care. Bye for now.